Teach Me to Code, episode 47. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Teach Me to Code podcast. This is your host, Charles Maxwood, and this week I'm going to be talking about becoming an expert and, and what it means to be an expert. Um, but before I get started, I want to uh, I want to acknowledge our sponsors. We have Chargeify.com. Uh, Chargeify is a, uh, a subscription and payment management tool. They have an easy to use API, and uh, you know that makes it really easy for you to uh, to charge uh, for your applications and uh, you know do all of the things like that. But it the, the thing that's nice about Chargeify is that you don't have to keep track of the credit card numbers, which means that you don't have to worry about the liability of somebody hacking you and stealing your credit card information or your customer's credit card information. So that's pretty nice, so I go check them out. Um, our other sponsor is uh, NewRelic.com, and NewRelic.com is uh, probably the best application management tool I've seen. Um, they just make it really easy to get an idea of what's going on in your application. They track errors and exceptions. They uh, break your requests up so you can see if the slowdown's in your database or in your code and where in your code. Um, it gives you response times and tells you whether or not you know they're acceptable. And you can actually set those levels yourself. So I'd go check them out. Um, I'm also uh, sort of a sponsor of this podcast. I'm a Ruby on Rails freelance developer. So if you have a project in Ruby or Rails that you want to get done, then go ahead and give me a call, 801-367-6164. You can also email me, chuck at teachmetocode.com. Um, I'm also going to be picking up a couple of coaching uh, clients, people who want to learn Ruby on Rails. So if you want to learn Rails, then uh, you can also call me at that number. Or you can go to teachmetocode.com slash Rails course for a course I'll be teaching probably next month. Um, and it's just a basic Ruby on Rails course. So if you don't know a whole lot about Rails, it's a good way to pick it up. All right. Um, finally, I really appreciate feedback on the podcast. So if you have feedback, uh, you can call in. We have a feedback line at 801-753-8279. You can also email me, chuck at teachmetocode.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cmaxwcmaxw. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate any feedback you give me through any of those channels. And, uh, you know, I'll be sure to get back to you and, and let you know that I appreciate it. Um, I've also had a few people uh, send in requests and contact information for people that they'd like to hear on the podcast. So if you have any recommendations for interviews or anything, then, then I really appreciate that as well. Now, um, let's go ahead and get into, um, get into what it means to be an expert and, and you know, uh, some of the things that are involved there. Um, expertise is kind of a hard thing to define. Um, this is a discussion that they've been having on, well, similar to, to the, to a discussion they've been having on the software craftsmanship list where they've been discussing whether or not software, uh, development, uh, qualifies as a craft, so to speak. And one of the topics that they, uh, brought up was, well, there's no, there's no, uh, body or group that determines, um, if somebody is an expert, if somebody is a master craftsman. And I thought that was interesting, and so it's something that I kind of want to go into and just share my thoughts on the topic. Um, <clears throat> if, you re if you've uh, read Andy Hunt's book, uh, Pragmatic Thinking and Learning, that's something that I'm in the middle of right now. Um, he talks about kind of the continuum between uh, beginners and, um, and experts. And uh, the beginners, you know, they kind of go by the book. They, they follow a, a procedure 
rather than actually working through and kind of um, going off of their intuition and experience, which is something that uh, you find more on the expert end. Um, but I've also heard several other um, definitions of an expert or, you know, uh, ways to determine whether or not you have an expertise in a subject. And, uh, you know, they, they vary depending on who's talking about it and what the context is. And I thought I'd bring some of those in too, because I think that they are applicable depending on what your approach is to software. So for example, I've heard that if you've read three books on a topic that makes you an expert because you apparently have then, um, studied more on the topic than, you know, most of the population. Um, I've heard other people say that if you know more than the person who needs the expert, then that makes you an expert. Um, I don't know if I completely buy that. I think there are a few more caveats that need to be added to that, but we'll, we'll kind of talk about that in a minute. Um, but first I want to kind of talk about, you know, just uh, the, the level of expertise as far as uh, performing, because, you know, there are there's expertise in performing, and then there's experts who teach and experts who, who coach. And so the, the approach is, is a little bit different, and you don't have to be the same kind of expert for all of these things. Even if you're teaching somebody to do, um, and, and you're not necessarily an expert at doing it yourself, though, you know, I think you, you have to have a certain, a certain level of understanding, you know, even if you're not uh, as practiced, as practiced so that you can uh, teach people and show people, you know, the processes that they need to follow so that they can gain expertise. And one thing that really struck me in Andy's book, I'm about halfway through it, is that um, when he talks about gaining expertise, he, he talks a lot about the right brain, uh, or left brain, right brain, which um, he, he calls L brain and R brain, because I guess they're not necessarily associated with the two hemispheres of the brain, as people initially thought. Um, but anyway, so the, the left brain is the the, the cognitive, the, the, um, the language center, um, and, and the right brain is kind of the intuitive, instinctive um, area of the brain. And so in order to move from one end of the continuum where you follow a set of steps and, you know, you find, you find a process and you follow it, um, you move over to the, the, right, uh, the right brain where you are working from um, intuition. You know, you see a problem and you intuitively know what to do with it, even if you can't necessarily explain it. Um, in fact, that is deeply right brain because if you can't actually explain why that's the right answer, but you intuitively know that's the right answer, then, then that tends to, uh, to access that, that area of the brain um, because you can't articulate you know why you you can't uh, delineate our logical arguments because you're you're not pulling from that area of the brain, and, and and I thought that was really interesting. And you've seen this probably with uh, certain experienced developers where they you know they see a problem and they immediately they immediately say, well, we need to do this this way or we need to do this that way. And then what happens is is when you start pressing them for the details. A lot of times they have to think about it for a minute before they can actually come up with the reasons why. And the reason is is because they didn't come to it through a logical, um, a logical de deductive method of saying, well, this, then this, then this, then this, and so this. You know, it, it's kind of like um, you punching a formula into your calculator and it coming back with the right answer. You know, you don't know necessarily know how it got there, but it's there, and it's it's the right answer. And, and so I, I think that's really interesting, and, and I think it's something that's, you know, worth considering when you, when you consider that, uh, 
you know, in a lot of circumstances, you know, folks are willing to pay for the experience, but they're not necessarily willing to listen until unless they can articulate, you know, the reasons why. And, and I think there's some value to being able to articulate why you want to go one way versus another. But at the same time, I think it's interesting that, you know, um, these experts work best when kind of left to their own devices and not constrained by a certain set of, of uh, you know, practiced um, or practices or, or rules. Um, and, and I think that works really well when it comes down to doing the actual coding. So, I mean, when I sit down and I try and solve a problem or when I'm architecting a certain feature in whatever application I'm working on, you know, I think, I think that works well. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but when it comes to actually teaching or, you know, being a, a domain or knowledge expert, it, it doesn't work quite as well because you're, you're expected to um, be able to explain or articulate what you know to other people, which means you have to take the intuition that you're pulling from your right brain and translate it um, into language in your left brain in such a way that people can actually explain it or so that people can understand what you're trying to explain to them. And so, you know, this is a different kind of expert. Um, you know, it, it's not somebody who, you know, just just flies you know, by the seat of their pants is what I was going to say, but it's, it's not really what I'm trying to say. You know, it's, it's not the person that, that works, uh, purely through intuition uh, as far as what's right and what's wrong. Rather, you know, it's somebody that can, can take these ideas and then explain them to people. And so in that case, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. And so you need somebody with a different set of skill set or, <laughs> excuse me, a different, a different set of skills. And, and you need somebody who, who understands, you know, kind of where the beginning beginners are at. And so, you know, if you, if you look at the, the, um, the continuum that, that Andy spells out in his book, you'll find that, uh, that you're probably talking about somebody that maybe is a little bit lower on the quote expertise level, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they are in a position where they can help the novices by giving them a regimented set of instructions. And so, um, you know, th th that's not a bad thing. And so I think it's interesting there that, uh, you know, the, the experts that, uh, that you bring in to teach are, are people that usually um, either are practice at teaching or they are, uh, they're, they're a little bit lower on that uh, novice to expert continuum. But, but it's, it's, just, it's interesting, too, because you can't exactly define when somebody reaches that expert level. I mean, there, there's no test for it. You can't say, oh, well, so-and-so is, is clearly an expert in Ruby on Rails because, you know, he just, you know, hammers out the code like this or, you know, he, he architects things in such a, a, a nice way, you know. But, you know, maybe those problems aren't expert problems. I mean, or maybe, you know, maybe they are. And, uh, you know, his mind works well in one way for one problem and yet... He doesn't have the experience or intuition to solve a completely different problem. And so, you know, expertise is varied and hard to hard to quantify. Now, as far as uh, being able to explain to people what's going on and things like that, um, you know, first there comes understanding. And, uh, you know, that's where kind of the three, you know, having read three books, um, that argument comes in, you know, where, you know, if you've taken the time to study uh, a specific topic, then you're probably... Uh, more of an expert than somebody who hasn't. 
And uh, on average, you know, people will read one or maybe two books on a specific topic. And so if you've read three, then, you, you know, you've gone beyond what they've done or been able to do. And, you know, that that may or may not be the case and that may or may not work out that way. But, you know, um, knowledge isn't the only measure of expertise, nor does it make if you if you achieve or define expertise that way. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because you still have to be able to be useful. <laughs> um, I, uh, I've i talked to several people, and um, most notably I talked to uh, Chad Fowler uh, on Monday. Uh, and, and that interview will be coming out in a couple of weeks. But what we were talking about, it, and, you know, you can be a brilliant guy, but if you can't apply it, if you can't, you know, plug it in somewhere and make it happen you know, then your expertise really isn't very useful. And so, you know, we were talking about layoffs and things, and, and in some cases, that's why the experts get laid off, is because the the mid-level or lower-level guy who has to struggle and has to prove himself, you know, what happens is he, you know, he works hard enough to basically make up for and even outperform the expert. The expert's getting paid more, and so ultimately the company is better off letting the expert go. Um, you know, it also happens, you know, the other way where, you know, the, the expert is driven and excited and, and, you know, performs and, you know, the lower level person gets discouraged and backs out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, one way or the other, you know, one is better than the other. What I am saying though, is that, you know, if, if you have an expertise in a certain area and you, you don't get out there and perform, you know, you don't get out there and, and write great code you know, provide value to the company that you're working for, then, you know, you're, you're not doing what you need to be doing. You know, you're, you're not adding value. You're not being useful. And so I think an expert is somewhere, somewhere, you know, somebody who both has the knowledge and is able to apply it, um, you know, or in the case of teaching, you know, somebody who has the knowledge and has the ability to explain it. Um, the, the other uh, the other level of expertise, you know, where, where you just know more than the other person. Um, I've, I've heard that a lot from people who build digital products. And so basically you have the people who go out and they make videos or write eBooks. And, you know, basically the idea there is that if you know more than I do on a topic that I want to learn, then I can look to you as an expert because I can consume your material and learn what I want to learn. And I guess to a certain degree that's true. Uh, however, you know, I think, I think when we're talking about uh, experts and expertise, we're talking about something more than that. You know, when the, the, the people that I consider experts aren't the people who wrote the books. The, the people who really impress me with their expertise are the people who I interact with, and they come across as that expert. You know, you, you really feel or you, you can almost detect that expertise. You work with them, and you can see their skill. You know, you, you listen to them talk about a particular topic, and you know that they get it. Uh, th those are more the, the measures of, of expertise. And, and the reason that the books and the, you know, the other materials don't necessarily impress me, and I'm not saying that these materials aren't useful, I'm just saying they don't impress me as far as expertise of the person writing them, is because you can do research, write the book, 
and never actually have practiced what you're writing. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that that comes across in the books. I've read some books where I felt that, you know, people um, either understood the topic and couldn't deliver it well, and I've read other books and, and other places where it seemed like people just didn't have a, a deep understanding of the topic that they were going into. And so what happens was, you know, when when you try and actually do what they're telling you to do, uh, you run into issues or you don't feel like you understand it well. And, and usually that reflects not only... Uh, or not necessarily your ability to pick things up, but also reflects, you know, their ability to put it into a context that makes sense when you actually go and try and practice what they're teaching. So, you know, again, I, I, I just want to, you know, impress that, you know, there, there are different types of experts, there are different ways that people express their expertise. And ultimately, you know, you have to decide if you're going to be an expert, you know, what that means. And so for me, as a as a freelancer as a, as a ruby freelancer um you know i want to be an expert for my clients and so you know we're getting into another area of of being an expert because most of my clients they are they aren't technical people you know they they really don't understand the internet or how it works all they know is i want this website that does this thing you know and even if they are technical you know typically they're not experts in in programming in ruby or rails and then so that's why they're hiring me and so it, it's an interesting thing when you know they come to me and they say i want this or i want that and uh you know they they expect me to be the expert they expect me to be able to deliver but not only that they expect my opinion as far as you know well in in ruby on rails or you know in this context or you know, I, I use the web a lot. So, you know, in my experience on the web, you know, these types of things don't tend to work as well as these other types of things. And they expect me to give them that feedback and let them know, you know, um, I would recommend that you do it this way or do this or use this tool or, you know, any of these different things. And the reason is, is because if you can do that, if you can, if you can give people valuable feedback, then what happens is, is they trust you more as the expert, but also you're adding that kind of value back to them. So, you know, I highly recommend that not only do you uh, do you learn and continue to grow and continue to, you know, share what you're learning, but also be able to apply that to the problems that you're facing so that you can add value to whoever it is that you're working with. And, and I think that's ultimately, you know, one thing that, that uh, you know, um, many people miss out on is that, you know, they figure, well, you know, the client wants this or that, you know, they want, they want feature A and, uh, you know, feature A really isn't a good idea. You know, it, it adds all this complexity to the code that really doesn't need to be there. So they're going to, you know, I'm going to spend four days working on this feature when in reality, there's this other way of doing it that would only take one day. It wouldn't complicate the code. Um, it would be easier to test and, you know, ultimately, you know, it would give them a return on investments is basically four times as large. And so, you know, you look at that and you say, okay, well, you know, client, I have your best interests at heart. And so I want to share this with you as opposed to just taking whatever they tell you that they want and just, you know, just doing it without thinking about it. And it's, it's definitely something that is worth thinking about, you know, um, 
so in, in closing, I just kind of want to, you know, go over some of the, the takeaway lessons. And one is, is that you, you definitely have to have the knowledge. So, you know, if you want to be an expert, you know, go pick up the books, go read the blog articles, you know, watch the videos, do whatever it is that you need to do um, to pick up these, um, these areas of expertise. Um, I also recommend that you go out and do it. You know, um, there, there's just no substitute, especially in coding, uh, for actually going out and building something. I mean, even if you build the ugliest prototype in the world of an application that nobody is ever going to use, at least then you're going to have the experience of having built something that somebody wants, you know, that not that they want to use, but, but having built an, an application, you know, you're going to get that experience. You can apply the knowledge and, and that leads to you being able to look at something and, and intuitively know if I do something like this, it's going to break. And if I do something like this, then it works because you've experienced it and you've seen it. And so that, that's the other thing is trust your intuition and, you know, build some experience, get some, you know, get some real world application knowledge out there. And, and finally, you know, um, work on your ability to teach and share. Um, I know a lot of people that, that really are great at what they do. And, you know, I, I think the rest of the community misses out because they're not sharing what they do so well or why they do it well. And so I think it would be awesome if those people were out there going, well, when I build this kind of application, this is what I do. And when I'm approaching this kind of problem, this is how I think about it. And I, and I know that there are a lot of things like that out there. I mean, that's where design patterns and some of these other great things came from. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I wish that there was more of it out there. So, you know, go out there and share it and, and find ways to share it. You know, um, write an ebook, write a blog, record some videos, do a podcast, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, be that expert. And if you are that expert, I found that a lot of people will actually approach you as that expert. And, um, you know, a lot of people are willing to uh, find ways to reach out to you and, you know, um, make the most of, of, of uh, your, you know, what you know. And, uh, you know, um, if you're worried about job security, you're worried about, you know, where you are in the community, you know, your skill level, looking for new ways to learn. Honestly, I found the best way, one of the best ways to learn this stuff is to share it. And so, you know, I just, I just want to kind of leave these thoughts with you guys and, and, and let you know that that's kind of what I've been thinking about as far as expertise and master craftsmanship and all these things. Um, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily so much important that we, uh, you know, define master craftsmen or, you know, software craftsmanship in one way or another, as long as the principles are there and they are, you know, and so, um, you know, being an expert really is, you know, about, uh, you know, what you can do and what you can share. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because I'm starting to ramble. But, uh, you know, I, I want to thank our uh, our sponsors again. You know, we have uh, New Relic and, uh, you know, go check out New Relic RPM. Um, and we have Chargeify. And, uh, you know, they're both just uh, great, great applications and great services. And, you know, I want you to go check them out see what they're all about uh new relic has actually added they they've done java and ruby for a while they've just added php and i think net so if you're a developer in any of those areas then you know again go check them out go see what they're about um you can get a free uh 
you can get a free account and and they're definitely worth it and you know chargerify is a great tool if you're looking to to have somebody else manage a lot of the 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 charging and, and subscription stuff for you um you know once again you can give me a call if you need help with your ruby or rails application at 801 367 6164 and uh you can email me, Chuck, at teachmedicode.com. And finally, I'm on Twitter as at CMaxW. So, uh, you know, go find me there. Give me a follow. And, uh, you know, uh, check that out. One other thing that I forgot to mention that uh, a friend of mine uh, and I have started is there's the concept of a Twitter chat. And a Twitter chat is actually where, um, you know, you get on and uh, you, you actually chat over Twitter. And uh, I think I think there's a there's a website I've been using. I think it's tweetchat.com. I don't remember. If you look up Twitter chat on Google, you'll find it. Um, but anyway, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, um, we've been inviting guests on to talk about programming topics. And uh, the the one that was last night was about uh, databases. We also talked about two weeks ago. We talked about. Um, uh, kinetics and uh, you know just the idea of kind of uh, driving driving the web you know through event driven stuff so you know it was really cool uh, really interesting topics and uh, you know I don't know what we're talking about next week I don't remember but uh, you know definitely come check it out uh, just hop on Twitter um, if you go to uh, tw- you know if you go to whatever the Twitter chat uh, client is um, the hashtag is uh, devchat d-e-v-c-h-a-t and, uh, you know, you can just jump in and ask questions. I mean, even if it's not related directly to the topic we're talking about, you can still just ask questions and, you know, see what people are doing, uh, get people's opinions on different things. And, um, you know, that, that, that pretty much uh, sums that up. But, you know, it, it was really cool and really, I think, worth doing. And um, anyway, also uh, go check out the Rails course at teachmetocode.com slash Rails course. Thanks.